Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Today on Ranger Command Power Hour. I don't get why they don't just integrate it into the season order like they used to, like every other season before Saban. I don't understand from the production standpoint, like why that's necessary. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't understand anything this franchise is I doing mean, lately. Valid. <laughs> Sorry, low dig. Low dig. <laughs> is that what the kids call a hot take these days? That's I don't know if it's so hot, hot, Eric. <laughs> not a hot take. I think that that's might like, be the popular look, opinion at, at this yeah, point. Yeah. <laughs> and now on Ranger Command Power Hour. Ay, 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 ay! It's the Ranger Command Power Hour! Today on the Power Hour, episode 105 Rangers Reactions and Review, Bandai WTF, and Power Rangers Ninja Steel episodes 15 through 17. Recorded on November 15th, 2017. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. Summer Ranger up with your hosts. I'm Eric, also known as Trekkie B47. I'm Doug, also known as Icky Bully. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash rangercommandph. There are over 150,000 titles to choose from, for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Today, we have a new guest co-host on the show. Say hello to Eric Gale. Derek Gale? De- Derek Gale. I, there's Eric's and Doug's and it's Derek's. It's just so confusing. E's and D's and Rick's. I mean, you, you can't. It's I can't even read. Whirlwind. Derek, you're like mine and Eric's celebrity couple names, so it's going to be, we're all going to be very confused and enamored with one another. Now you you know know where I came from. I came from the (laughs) alternate universe, but that's true. (laughs) Spawned by the internet. Well, it's great to have you on the show, Derek. Thank you. It's great to be here. It's it's fun. You put on a, you have a good production. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. So for our listeners who may not be familiar with you, tell us a little bit about your part of the fandom or your history with Power Rangers. Sure, sure. Um, I mean, I've been watching since the first episode. I actually have a very vivid memory of the first time that I ever watched Power Rangers. It was the first episode. And my mom woke me up. I remember being in my parents' room. Uh, my mom woke me up and was like, hey, here's a cool show. You should watch it. Um, and I loved it. But I realized later in life, I think the only reason that she did that was because I was watching, I was like obsessed with Little Mermaid and like playing Cinderella. <laughs> so I think she wanted me to like be more into like boys stuff, um, <laughs> which didn't really work. So, you know, um, but I did love Power Rangers, so it worked out. I mean, I stuck with it more or less mm-hmm. for pretty much until like kind of the latter of the Disney era and um, not because I didn't. Love it. It was just because, you know, going from like the transition from high school to college, I kind of sure. dropped out of it. I would still like kind of keep up with the news. So I would drop in for um, like I came back for Once a Ranger and um, I saw like the Mystic Force finale without watching the rest of the season only because I read about like, uh, like oh, Rita Repulsa is coming back. What is that? What's that about? So <laughs> stuff like that. I caught back up with them uh, once they hit Netflix. Mm hmm. 
after that. But around 2012, I started writing for K-Site TV, which is like um, just like a small, you know, a small TV coverage website. Mm-hmm. And I just dropped like a Power Rangers feature. And it did very, 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 very well on the website. So my editor was like, hey, do more of those. <laughs> <laughs> it was surprising because that site started off as like a Smallville fan site that evolved into just like a general entertainment coverage. I remember when Smallville first came out, like that was the place to go to for all the news of the show. Exactly. And like Krypton site technically still exists as like a Superman centric thing. Right. Um, but like K-Site TV was sort of the uh, the evolution of it to branch out into everything. But it was still kind of a surprise that like Power Rangers was a hit on it because mm-hmm. it was still pretty much catered to like either CW shows exclusively or just like comic book stuff. So my editor like, pretty much just gave me free ranges to do whatever Power Rangers stuff I wanted. So I did a lot of like news coverage and everything on it for a while. I ended up reviewing Super Mega Force through the first season of Dino Charge week to week, mm-hmm. um, like four reviews on it. And I only kind of dropped off just for like personal reasons. Like life kind of got crazy and I kind of got sure. uh, like career change, got kind of fandom burnout in general anyway. Not really from Power Rangers, but just like in general fandom burnout. Um, so I kind <laughs> I kind of dropped off for a while, but I still pop back in occasionally when I'll, we'll still kind of randomly get like Power Rangers DVDs to do advance reviews of. Um, like we'll get like the actual review copies of them. Nice. So I'll still pop back in and do that. Like I did the uh, Super Dino Dino Supercharge uh, complete <laughs> season DVD um, was the last thing that I wrote for it, and I'll probably still like continue to to pop in and, and do stuff as we like get free things. Um, but, but yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's like my cred, I guess. <laughs> Speaking of fandom, it's Derek's fault I'm in this fandom. So if anybody out there is like, oh, Doug again, it's Derek's fault. It's entirely <laughs> Derek's fault. Because I, uh, I, I had no idea any of this existed. And like five years ago or something, I was in the middle of a uh, full Power Rangers watch on Netflix. Because I had you know watched up to a certain point and I was like, well, I'm going to fill in all my gaps. And I was basically live tweeting it uh, as I was watching it, and Derek noticed, and so then we started talking about it, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, other grown-ups watch this show." <laughs> so you returned the favor pretty well because at that point I hadn't seen really much of any of like Mystic Force, um, I hadn't seen any like Jungle Fury, and you mm. you convinced me to go back and watch all of those, and which <laughs> you're like, welcome. Was... <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for that. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> So, actually, a couple of our listeners uh, have questions for you, Derek. Okay. Lee Roberts at Pirate Monkey on Twitter, he asks, Inquiring minds want to know about Derek. What's your favorite series? Um, Like, Season of Power Rangers, I guess? Yeah. In Space is my favorite, for sure. Yeah. Favorite Ranger? Um, I feel like this has fluctuated, like, over time. At this current point in my life, it's a tie between Tanya and Jen. Um, but I also will say in terms of favorite like character, not just like Ranger, favorite mm-hmm. character in the whole franchise is Genji, uh, Magic Cat Genie, of course. <laughs> yes. And I'll, yep, and Sledge is my space husband. Um, but other than that. <laughs> nice. Favorite morpher? Uh, the Zeonizers, one, like 100%. And hobbies outside of Power Rangers? Um, I do a lot of writing. I'm hoping to be, like, published next year. Not in, like, a for real way, but, like, self-published. Hoping that goes somewhere. I've done, I've, like, written plays and done a lot of acting in the past. Um, Haven't really had time to do that now, but that's something that I love to do. And, yeah, I can't think of anything else that I do in my life other than that right now. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 
And we also have uh, Jen Nguyen at Mini Moon 13-2002. Uh, she asks, since Derek is new, has he seen any Sentai? Mm, not really. I've never watched a full season of any Sentai. I've seen, like, you know, random episodes and, like, clips and stuff. And I love, like, reading about it. Mm-hmm. I- I've always kind of, you know, loved to kind of com- find the consp- comparisons and things. And I think, like, if I did just commit to watching some of it, I probably would totally fall down that rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I feel, like, a little bit special because I feel like the majority of, like, adult Power Rangers fans are also, like, into Sentai. And mm-hmm. so, I don't know, by, like, not being in it, like, it's still, I don't know, Power Rangers has kind of a special magic like magic to it that that because i don't have a lot of sentai knowledge you know i don't know that's kind of a bs answer but <laughs> <laughs> no i i totally get what you're saying though if you're not seeing where it's coming from kind of a thing you can still cherish the magic that is power rangers production right yeah, yeah like i think one of the many things i like about power rangers is just the bizarreness of the fact that it exists in the form that it does, you know, <laughs> right. um, this weird, like American fusion thing. And that's kind of what I get the fun out of. I think if I was to watch the Sentai, I mean, I could get into it, but I would be getting into it more like I would get into like a regular TV show. Whereas Power Rangers sure. is just, it's such a, such a unique thing. Just do what I've done. And uh, I did this by coincidence, but you can do it uh, intentionally. Just watch all the seasons that won't get adapted. Cause those that's... are literally the only ones I've seen all the way through. That's oh, a good yeah. point. I might yeah. do that actually. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in the middle of some, but those are the only ones I've actually like completed. Nice. And then this is a general question. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think of Hyperforce so far? Uh... <laughs> Have you guys been watching it? I've saw the first one. I haven't had any time to watch a single thing about it. I have seen it all and I could talk about it forever. So <laughs> what do you what do you want to know? <laughs> I love it. It's super fun. I love, I only saw the first one, but I mean, that's still like three hours of material. So it's still like tons of great stuff. Everybody, mm-hmm. there's just great chemistry. It really seems to be like a love letter to the franchise. Mm-hmm. What I've expected other seasons to be. Absolutely. And in many ways, um, they're super aware of that. And so you have people like Peter, who's already a huge fan. You have somebody like Polly, who's been involved in the franchise for so long. Mm-hmm. And they make, and Malika, actually, I don't know her, her full history with Power Rangers, but you can tell that she cares a lot about the franchise. And they just make sure that the things that end up in this series that allow for time travel, like the stuff they make sure is in there is stuff that we're going to be able to say like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they included that. Or, oh my gosh, that's right. That would be the thing that's happening right now. So they're the ones that are steering the cannon on track? Yeah. The last episode that just aired really, really, you could tell that they were trying hard to make sure that this was the case. But they're trying very hard to make sure that this story can fit in with the canon of Power Rangers. That's so cool. Um, So they're really conscious of the fact that they're time traveling and that because they're trying to make sure that they're incorporating stuff that we already know, they're trying to make sure that crossing those two streams, per se, isn't messing stuff up. So, I mean, they slip here and there, but they also course correct. Mm -hmm. So there was like, there's been stuff where you can tell like they've caught a mistake. And so then they humorously fix that mistake like (laughs) mid-show. But they do that because they care. And it's it's very, very, very cool. And the, oh, the cast is so good. They're just so fun. If you've only, the first episode is difficult if if for two reasons. One, they're still finding their footing. But two, if you don't know tabletop gaming or you don't know how the system works, and I'm one of those people, I don't know how that stuff works. Um, There's like a learning curve. But man, I put this on while I'm doing stuff and it's so easy to just kind of jump in and out based on what they're doing. And their characters are becoming so vivid with each 
episode that you you come mm. up with these like story. It's interesting because this is the first time I've ever been like, oh my gosh, I just need the story of this, or I just uh-huh. need the. I literally said, and this was probably because I was working with the Toku ladies, but I literally said, I need the fic where this happens because you just <laughs> want to know so much more. They're doing such a good job. Sorry, I'm rambling, but it's just no, so beautiful. That's so no, cool. <laughs> it's really so that's it's really cool. What I was talking about, like the hobbies, a thing that I couldn't remember is that I um, that I play D and D too. So like just seeing a, a really cool like Power Rangers and tabletop fusion, like it's so it's just so much fun. It seems so perfect for this type of franchise that has such a rich universe that doesn't mm-hmm. get tapped into in the show proper. Yeah, I feel bad that I'm missing out. I should be watching this. I just don't have the time commitment to. See three hours on a tuesday it's long (laughs) it's long and i know i can replay these over the weekend but again it's that time factor so i'm just gonna have to do it where i'm watching it as i'm doing something else yeah i I think it works well as a background thing for sure Mm -hmm. yeah so i may just have to treat it like a long podcast essentially and i'm not a big D D person i know there are a lot of nerds out there like me that are into D D, but <laughs> i i just never really got into it like i understand the appeal and i love board games sure i just never grew up with it so i think that might be another thing like you said doug like there's this learning curve which I can get over that, whatever. I mean, I'm mainly there for the story anyways. So they're bringing back past Rangers. Like I know they had Aaron Cahill on for the first one and I absolutely adore her. So she was great too. She was really great. She was so into it. I think I'd totally be entertained by that. So yeah, I just have to give it a shot. And then I guess this is not just for you, Derek, but for all of us. Are you watching Ninja Steel right now? And what's your favorite episode so far? I love that the assumption is that most people aren't watching. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So full disclosure, I watched episodes one through 17 over the past two days. um, Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Dang, dude. So I'm exhausted. This season's kind of, I guess, because I I'd heard so many like, bad things about it that I went in for very low expectations. So, I mean, I've, I've enjoyed it reasonably. I haven't been super down on it, but I think that's a combination of going in with low expectations and, like, binging it in a very, very short period of time. I forget the, the name of the episode. I think it's the Family Fusion one. I like that episode with uh, mm. when Levi finds out who he is. I actually got, like, really emotional at the end of it, <laughs> probably because it was, like, after midnight and I was falling asleep. But... I did get very emotionally invested. Um, you were just emotionally I, drained at that point, and like <laughs> anything was going to break you, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, and then they played the guitar together, and it was so sweet. Um, I actually, I actually really like the the Redbot episode from this pod too, and I think I, I like Redbot as a character, which we can get into later. Yeah, uh, what's my favorite episode? I know I've been very vocal about my dislike of the show and I don't like feeding into the whole negativity of the show. When I watch this, I try to be positive about it. I try to see the good things more than the bad. It's something I'm learning to do. I don't want to be the guy that's like, oh, Eric's going to rant again about Ninja Steel. I don't want to be that guy. So I actually have to agree with you, Derek. Family Fusion, I thought, was a really good episode. And I love how they did the reveal with Levi and the whole emotional moment. I actually thought that was quite well done. Yeah, 
I've been watching it pretty regularly along as as it goes, although I've I've definitely slipped and so I'm I'm behind. But the first one that came to mind was probably due to recency bias. I actually really liked one of the episodes that we're going to talk about with uh, Haley and Calvin. Oh, okay. But if I'm going to try to avoid the recency bias, I actually really liked, or I at least remember liking, so maybe if I go back, I don't know, we'll see. But um, I really re- remember liking Sarah's first Focus episode, where we get to see her proper introduction into being sort of this fantastic inventor and the clones mm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. I, I think my hot take is that I, I think the filler episodes of this season actually end up being better than some of the ones that are about the story. I think I would agree with you on that, actually. I'm going to have to third that, because... Great. The stuff with Princess Viara was just... Yeah, that kind of fell. (laughs) Which sucks because it's like you're expecting this big epic thing. Oh my god, they're introducing a spaceship as a Zord. And you have this person (laughs) that's ruling an entire galaxy. Like in, in old school Power Rangers, like the Saban era, this would be a huge event. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know if it's the writing or the actress or what but that just fell straight flat on its face and i was like yeah i was thinking about this a lot because i i knew i was gonna say like i i I think i'm gonna start coming to bat for some of the filler episodes to be honest um but although it sounds like maybe i'll have a lot of uh support in that but (laughs) i think uh the reason for that it has to be some sort of disconnect between what people creating the show and what people supporting the show view the show as. And I think we've probably gotten into it a little bit, but like the show doesn't feel like it knows what it is. And I think at this point, as awful as this sounds, it might be best for a season like Ninja Steel to give into what we see a Nickelodeon show being and just Mm. be almost an entire season of filler until like the last two or three episodes. I honestly think that might be the best course of action to just well, like least... tread and 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 keep its head above water and and avoid the low lows. You know what I mean? That's at least like committing to what it's doing. Yeah. yeah. Now, see, that makes sense because Dino Charge, the first season, mm-hmm. it knew exactly what it was doing, and it yes. was like. Here, we have every single boom, 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 boom. So the filler episodes, the few that there were in the first season, fell out of place a little bit. Yeah. But then you got to the second part, Dino Supercharge, mm-hmm. and it was a lot of filler, even though you're like, wait, you should be telling a lot of story to ramp up the first season. That's where they shot themselves in the foot. My thing with that is that when I watched most of Dino Supercharge for like the DVD review that I got, so I watched mm-hmm. it after <laughs> after all of the, you know, all the Nathan criticism of it, hearing that it's all filler, and like watching it with that in mind, there really it really isn't like that it's all filler episodes. There is plot progression in every almost every single episode of that season. The problem mm-hmm. is that the main plots, there aren't much to them in general. Um, so sure. like the, the Dark Energy was like not a dire thing at all. Mm-hmm. So like it had the essence of feeling like they were all fillers, but because there was still a little bit of plot in them, they couldn't go full on into like its fillerness, like being character centric. Someone there really, 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 and I would I would suspect it might even just be Chip, but like somebody really wants to be telling a story and it's just yeah. being hindered so much. And so I, it's almost like yeah. I, I hate I hate to encourage a giving up almost, but like someone there wants to tell a story. It's just getting watered down somehow. Yeah. And that's uh, if I can get good individual single episode stories, 
I would honestly, I think at this point, and maybe it's colored by context, but I think I honestly would rather that than have just sort of a wet fart of a long-term story. <laughs> I'd love to be like a fly on the wall of the writing room for it. Oh, because I so bad. To, right. I mean, in for Power Rangers in general, because it's such a weird show, like to... <laughs> It must be such a weird show to write for, you know? Nobody goes in, like, wanting to write a bad thing, you know? No. So, I mean, is it that they're getting a lot of network notes that are, that are kind of forcing them into this? Because we see these weird, really good sparks of creativity, like you said, where it's like they want to tell this good story, but it's always pressured under something. Like, I feel like they are writing, breaking a good season, but then someone up top, somehow, somewhere, is kind of yeah, it's like stop it. And that's what I'm thinking a little bit now. And because my take has always been that, well, they're New Zealand. This whole thing with Nickelodeon is just so they could have a place to air it. There's no way that Nickelodeon would have that much control over what the story is. And now I'm completely thinking that might be the case. It might just be Nickelodeon going, look, you need two silly characters and you need splatter stuff on them all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only thing I can, I can take because my whole running thing for the past, like three to four years has been like, why is there always stuff in people's faces? (laughs) Well, honestly, I think, I think a huge part of it is if you watch other shows on Nickelodeon that are created and developed for or with, or in the spirit of Nickelodeon, Power Rangers like doesn't fit and I feel like you have one side that's trying to make it fit and another side that's trying to be Power Rangers and I I don't know how well you can reconcile those things without entirely giving in. I don't know what a fully Nickelodeon Power Rangers show would look like, but I think if Nickelodeon has influence, that's what they want. I just yeah, don't know that you can make a Henry Danger version of Power Rangers. I'm not sure how it would work or what it would look like. Um, and it certainly wouldn't look like even what we're watching as, as much as it is frustrating sometimes to watch what we are watching. And I don't watch any other Nickelodeon shows like that's I'm not the audience for that. The only reason I yeah. watch Power Rangers is because of my, you know, nostalgic fandom for the past 25 years. Sure. Yeah. Wow. And we haven't even got to the news yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many feelings. Good I have questions. so many feelings I saw about the questions. Show. Oh, I know, right? I saw the questions coming in and I was like, oh, this is going to be, these are good questions. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So just a couple news items out of the way and we'll get to some questions from Ranger Nation. I'm mixing things up. Usually I leave the questions and stuff towards the end of the episode, but we have so many good questions that I want to just have a really good discussion. Yeah. Uh, First off in our news, Saban's Red Ranger Balloon will make its fourth consecutive appearance at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And by the time you listen to this, Thanksgiving will be that week. So ahead of Saban's historic 25th anniversary in 2018, the red Mighty Morphin Power Ranger balloon will remind fans of all ages that you've got the power to (laughs) unleash your inner superhero and inspire the powers of inclusivity and teamwork. (laughs) (laughs) The balloon is 77 feet long, 26 feet wide and 56 feet tall. It is the longest balloon in the parade. And one of the red Rangers arms is the length of a standard school bus at 45 feet. Dang. It's always really cool to see the Red Power Ranger at the 
Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and check your local listings, but it will be on Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and our second news item, the official Power Morphicon 2018 hotel has been announced. It is the Hilton Anaheim, located steps away from the Anaheim Convention Center. It's the official convention hotel. The group rate is 179 a night. You can pick from rooms with one king bed or two queen beds with up to four guests accommodated. The hotel will be the only one that offers group rates specifically geared towards Paramorphicon attendees. Paramorphicon 6 will take place on August 17th through 19th, 2018 at its new larger location in Anaheim, California, the Anaheim Convention Center. And just a tip, where they're located, there are a ton of hotels within (laughs) walking distance. And I have found much cheaper rates at some really decent hotels. So... Do not be pressured to go to the official hotel unless you really want to be right there. But seriously, there are so many hotels because this is right next to to Disney Land World Land Land. <laughs> it's <laughs> one of the Disney's. <laughs> but but seriously, the convention center is across the street from Disneyland, and there are a crap ton of hotels around there. You can find a cheaper rate, trust me. (laughs) But you spend your money how you want to. I want to be saving some for all the cool stuff. So before we get into the main meat of the episode, uh, we do have some questions from Ranger Nation. You can ask us a question at ask.fm slash rangercommandph, or you can take advantage of Twitter's new 280 characters. and. Type those questions away. And that's what I love about this, because this is the first episode that we've done after Twitter's <laughs> things. Oh. And now, like, our Twitter responses are all nice and long and in <laughs> one nice. single tweet. It's you great. were in the sweet spot. You were in the perfect sweet spot, because, like, Victory Road asked our question like the day that happened so people like weren't there yet so we were like yeah you have 280 characters like let us know what you think about the upcoming games and like the first three responses were all just like rainbow rocket period and i was like you still have like 240 more characters adapt faster come on yeah i was like oh man people can form such coherent answers now (laughs) yep so, first off, Excel Hedge asked, if we can have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in Injustice 2, why not Power Rangers? Did you guys see that trailer? I did. I don't know anything about Injustice or Injustice 2, but the trailer looked very cool. <laughs> it looked awesome. And I haven't played those games, but basically they added Ninja Turtles to a fighting game. Somebody tweeted me and let me know, are the Turtles all four of them one character because it gives that impression but i'm not sure as far as the fighting game goes do you know what i'm saying are they different versions of the same character do you swap them in and out kind of like smash bros style or there's a line where they like very clearly say like turtles we fight as one and i was like i wonder if that's supposed to tell us something (laughs) yeah like very very literal i think it might be like a tag in tag out situation gotcha because they're treating all four of them as, like, a unit. You know That's what, what I mean? That's what it seems like, yeah. But, yeah, why not Power Rangers? Why not? I already have an answer. I looked this on Wikipedia, like, literally just now. 
I think because, <laughs> because at least okay, this is just my assumption. But the movie rights, at least for TMNT, are Warner or like a sister company of Warner Brothers through New oh, Line, nah. and Injustice Two is DC, which is owned by Warner Brothers. So it's probably just easy to get the rights to it. Yeah, I mean, universe-wise, yeah. it would fit fine, but yeah, rights-wise, it might be too much of a challenge. I think that might be the simplest explanation. You did it, Derek. <laughs> for shooting down all of your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I would love a Ninja Turtles Power Rangers crossover in an actual fighting game. I would buy Injustice 2 just to only ever fight Turtles versus Rangers. I don't even <laughs> think I would need other characters. Same. <laughs> Edward Sanchez at Edward is the Man asked a question like, we already talked about our favorite episode of Power Rangers Ninja Steel, but thankfully he asked a secondary question. Do you like Peter as the red hyperforce ranger or the blue ninja steel ranger so hard edward i saw this question and i since i saw this question i've been trying so hard to figure out how to answer it because i don't want to be i'm going to borrow a phrase from another podcaster on a different network i don't want to be a fancy fencerton here and i want to pick an answer for you it's so hard though (laughs) it's so (laughs) difficult i think i like the character that Preston is supposed to be more than the character that mm. Marv is supposed to be, but I do think I like Marv better. Okay, that's fair. I've only seen Ninja Steel, so I'm going to go with the blue Ninja Steel Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> but I admire Peter for being on Hyperforce, and he was the one that got to create the suits. As a fan, uh, he's living the dream right now. Oh my gosh. Uh, totally. I know, right? <laughs> Adam at little Adam 87 asks, if you had to use another superhero slash sci-fi franchise as a blueprint to improve Power Rangers, oh character wise, story wise, etc., what would it be? Okay. This is a thought that I've had for a, for like a long time and it's, and it's too late to like actually make it like apply it. But I've always felt like in an altering timeline, like Power Rangers could have kind of gone a Doctor Who kind of route because I, mm. I see a lot of conspir- comparisons between the two in that, I guess on the surface level, but in that they're long running, but they're franchises that can pretty much literally do anything. Um, mm-hmm. Like you, you can go the whole breadth of fantasy and sci-fi with Power Rangers anywhere you want and it still kind of makes sense and like fits somehow, which is kind of, I think a lot of the appeal of Doctor Who. And I feel like Power Rangers could have benefited if it kind of continued its maturity progression and maybe became more of a family show not just a kids show something that was aimed towards both adults and children so it wasn't you know like gritty or raunchy or whatever but still had a lot of mature themes in it that that adults could get um and i think it could have like hooked on to uh, kind of a niche nerd culture um like doctor who did not to the same extent i'm sure but in the same way you know if they kind of went in that direction Wow, that's a very well thought out answer. I've said I've thought about this for. Literally. No, I I thought of Derek immediately when I saw this question. I was like, I'm not going to have an answer for this, but I know he will. <laughs> yeah, wow, I love the Doctor Who approach to it. I get what you're saying. Like, if they continued to grow the show with the original audience. Yeah, I mean, because Doctor Who was a kids' show when it started. It was aimed to right. be like a historical educational show for kids, and it became what it is now. And I think Power Rangers, like, it would have been different. It still would have been kind of like that superhero action skew, skew which is mm-hmm. a different type of audience, but it could have been similar. Sure. 
I think there's a chance that the Power Rangers may see that they missed that mark and is trying to offshoot in a way that will allow that to happen. And I, I think that's going to feed into a, a, a later question. So I'll just leave that on the table for the, for the time being. Cool. I can kind of see where you're going, like because Hyperforce, as you said before, is really kind of careful with the mythology and kind of telling their story around it. And maybe that could be the possibility to branch the universe further. And we see the comics doing the same thing. They're retelling Mighty Morphin in a more mature way while still being able to bring in elements from other seasons in interesting ways. So I would say like if they had to use a franchise as a template, I don't know, do what the Marvel cinematic universe is doing. They've got TV shows, they've got movies that all kind of feed into this bigger world and and universe and telling an overarching story yet each of their self-contained movies is its own thing. Like Mm -hmm. I can watch Thor Ragnarok really without seeing the others. I mean, you could still watch it and get what's going on. I feel like Power Rangers is kind of the same way. Like every season is a different theme. It's a different tapestry, but in the bigger picture, it's still part of that universe. Mm -hmm. And there's chances to connect with past seasons. And, you know, that's why I was so excited when they did the Ninja or Super Ninja Steel trailer. And then you got Sledge out of nowhere. And you're like, wait a minute. (laughs) Oh, I forgot about that for a moment. (laughs) That's right. My heart is a flutter. (laughs) Like they're starting to tie things again. And it's like, they're trying to get back what they had before with the original Zordon era type of storytelling. Yeah. I wish it never stopped. Like I wish it kept going Mm -hmm. because even the Disney seasons, even though we didn't get a bunch of crossovers, we still got some crossovers early on. And then operation overdrive came back and, and then he got, Whoa, he pulled Adam from out of nowhere. And yeah. (laughs) And all the problems with super mega force, which we've talked about on the show numerous times. (laughs) So I'm not going to talk about them. But it's like they they tried and they just fell really short. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it seems like with Super Ninja Steel coming up, there is that anniversary episode. It may be a longer thing. It's something that they actually seem to have planned and, and thought about and heard the complaints from Super Mega Force. So I'm just waiting. I just don't want a disjointed story with ninja steel and i feel like that's what we're getting because that was the problem with mega force and super mega force mega force was its own high school you know drama it had its own thing going on and then it was like super mega force non-stop like everything here you go rangers and even though it was like technically one show the two seasons were vastly different. Yeah, well, they they just needed to do the thing that that uh, it always comes back to Survivor. They just needed to do the thing that Survivor did, where they said, "We don't have a good idea for our thirtieth season. We're just going to do a season." And then they had an right. amazing idea for the thirty first season that could have been their anniversary season, but it just wasn't. 
and, and that was fine, and it was still a great season. Yeah. Megaforce could have just been an anniversary, and then Super or whatever they would have called the next one could have just been an awesome season that happened to be an awesome season on a weird sure. year. Sure. I mean, like Dino Thunder was kind of, like had all the workings of an anniversary season, but it wasn't like technically, yes. you know. And and I mean, yeah. yeah, there's no reason to. As long as it's good, no one really cares like what year it falls under exactly yeah, yeah. yeah i don't i don't care what year it is just give me a good show <laughs> right, right. i know i yes. don't care if it's the 26th year who cares <laughs> i just don't want ninja steel to suffer the same fate you do have great characters i genuinely like most of the characters the rangers themselves yeah like their personalities i love everything about calvin and Haley. The whole relationship, how it's portrayed, it's great. I love them. But I don't want Super Ninja Steel to be all of a sudden, whoa, it's time (laughs) for the anniversary explosion. And I don't want these characters to be pushed off the side for JDF return. or You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the characters have been the best thing that I feel like like Chip Lynn's era of the Saban, Neo Saban era has been. Yes. Regardless yeah. of the plots, the characters have always been really on point. Like that, I think that's why all the filler episodes have worked a lot is because the characters always have to be at the center of them. And those are the kind of the strongest parts of these seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Coda, Shelby, Riley. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe not Riley. But, well, I was um... just going to say, Riley? <laughs> <laughs> He worked as a part of the ensemble, and that Riley, he was kind of going right. on his own, but he but functioned in the ensemble, I feel Here's like. the great thing, though, about, like, Riley, and I would even say Haley, although I'm not seeing the same type of thing happening reaction-wise with Haley. Riley True. and Haley should be the perfect avatars for the community that likes filling in the blanks and thick and, you know, writing their own stories and stuff. And that's exactly what happened with Riley. And so, like, it's sort of meta. It's, like, outside the show, but he serves his purpose there. So <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's good. I wish Haley would get sort of the same treatment, but I don't think she does. No, she doesn't. I mean, I like, I love her actress and I think I like her as a character from what I can tell, but I don't like, we don't really know anything about her. All Mm. her focus episodes have been like, she has a dog and a boyfriend. Like that's (laughs) that's her. (laughs) And yeah, that's the thing. I don't want her to just be Calvin's girlfriend. I, (laughs) I I want her to be like her own person, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we'll get into it. But that's why I kind of like this election episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because we're seeing more of her character because she's not tied to the hip to Calvin. They're actually <laughs> rivals. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, where do you get the money for a helium balloon on a high school budget? <laughs> like, are your parents rich? What's up? <laughs> I just had a thought, and, and one of you might have to really put this into better words for me because I don't know enough about these franchises. But... For a franchise like like the Avengers or like the DC Extended Universe or stuff like that, would it benefit – I think the answer is yes. I think it would benefit Power Rangers to have different products for different audiences unabashedly, right? Oh, yeah. Like, 100%. Like give the show to children and just let it be – yeah. For children and just it sounds terrible, but like don't consider me as your your twenty nine year old fan. Give me a comic book, give me hyperforce, give a kid the TV show, and then maybe do an animated thing that's aimed more at like somewhere middle ground or something. Some of those franchises do such a good job to have like mm-hmm. even developmental age toys for superheroes. 
So mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's modeling after a Justice League type DC in general, but there's probably some notes to be taken uh, yeah. from what they do across age groups. We see Saban brands starting to branch out that way. Yeah. The comics have been an absolute hit for me since the beginning. I've gone out of my way to collect variant covers and read the stories, and I love them, and it's great. It's filling that need for me as a fan that I'm not getting from the show. And I just want them to blatantly say, look, guys, the show's never going to cater to the adult <laughs> fan base. We're not going to do big anniversary things. We're doing pies in the faces until Power Rangers turns 50. Sorry. <laughs> if they just flat out came out and said, look, guys, the show's never going to be for anyone above 15. Fine. I can live with that. I yeah, think sure. uh, we would never get something so straightforward, but if they just lean into it fully, right? The problem right. with that is then you have to... You, you almost have to oust people like Chip who want to tell stories. You know what I mean? Right. And that would suck. But then give yeah. him an animated series. Like, yes. To yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you can do anything with an animated series. You're not tied to budget. Hyperforce. Sorry, what? Yeah, like anime Hyperforce. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Seriously, but, if like yeah. Hyperforce can't last past a, a, a first season, like if they just can't sustain those those actors for more than these 25 episodes. And I don't think they're planning to animate that stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. (laughs) And that's, what's great about hyperforce just on a concept. They're time travelers. They can go anywhere. Mm -hmm. They can do anything and revisit anything in the universe. Yeah. And since they're from the year 3000, they have a thousand years of universe (laughs) to play from. You can see, the Power Rangers from 2562 or something. Like, yes, please. Who knows? <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I, I think an animated series would be amazing. I know they're branching out even to the developmental kids, like with the whole Imagine X line. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you get them hooked at two or three on Power Rangers, and then, <laughs> then you show them the current show, and they'll be fine. Oh, uh, <laughs> I forgot to mention this. I promise this will be like two sentences long. But I mentioned on the show, I think in the past, that one of my former supervisors has a kid who's like five years old, and that when we would watch a TV show, I would give them my Power Rangers toys to play with, and they would play with those, but they had no idea what it was. This supervisor's kid was the blue movie Power Ranger for Halloween. And I was like, yes, I am converting your child into a Power Rangers fan. Like, <laughs> got him. I'm creating the generation. <laughs> nice. And yeah, I mean, I was tweeted today by someone who follows me on Twitter. And her four-year-old son absolutely loves the franchise. Like, she's one of those people that grew up with the show like us. And now she has, like, the second generation And the kid loves everything about Power Rangers. He loves the old seasons. He loves the new stuff. He's Mm -hmm. been a Power Ranger for, like, a whole bunch of Halloweens and birthdays and stuff. Yeah. Dude. Oh, man. And they did, like, a Thanksgiving thing where it's like, what are you thankful for? And one of the things he wrote down was Power Rangers. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. I would love, I would so love to be, like, a child in this era, like, where you have access to all Power Rangers. You have, like, so many, like, all, all across all media so many like little power rangers things oh yeah listen to like a power rangers podcast like and like 12 year old me would think it's like the coolest thing ever and think okay. like, we're the coolest people ever you know what i mean like oh yeah oh my god 
I mentioned this on on my Twitter today because I was feeling a bit jaded. (laughs) (laughs) So I was at a convention in Chicago here earlier this year uh, at C2E2. And I was downstairs because this takes place at the McCormick place. And I was on the lower level where the bathrooms were because I was with my wife and my brother-in-law, you know, they were doing their business in the bathrooms. I was kind of just chilling in that downstairs area because mm-hmm. it was a little bit cooler. And this lady comes up to me with her son and she's like, Hey, are you Eric? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and she's like from Ranger command. And I'm like, yeah. And she introduced her son who apparently listens to the podcast. Oh my God. That's so awesome. Hey dude. And he was like super nervous. <laughs> and and I was like, oh my God. And it was just so cool. Like I guess he saw I was gonna be at C2E2 and he's like, Mom, we have to find this person at the show. He's wearing this podcast. And I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. <laughs> dude, you're That's somebody's so hero. Awesome. That's the coolest thing. Right? I hope you're listening right now, dude. You're awesome. Yeah, and for me, it's like, that's why I bleep the show. Like, that's why... <laughs> no, I, I'm serious. I want to yeah. be, be inclusive because, look, we talk about Power Rangers. This podcast doesn't go into Super Sentai that much. We're strictly Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. And that's my focus, is just let's talk about Power Rangers for adults and for kids because ultimately this show is for kids. Yeah. We're not going to get past that. And as much as I complain about the show, the the only reason I'm complaining is because I want them to reach the level I know that they can do while still remaining for kids. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For kids TV. JK. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Angelo Colby at Super Ranger asked... When is the next RCPH Power Rangers Survivor crossover special event? <laughs> How much do you want me to say? Uh, ju- just say a little bit. Okay, well, for our third season. That's my Jeff Probst impression. <laughs> uh, no, we, uh, Eric and I just talked about this, actually. Um, yeah. Because I was uh, reminiscing. And so we exchanged a few texts and inspiration struck. And we're planning to hopefully have something. I don't know if this is too specific or locking us in but i think we're looking to have something early 2018 yes definitely either january or february because i know this year we did not do any survivor power rangers just because schedules are crazy and things happen yeah but it is one of the things that people really still talk about to this day <laughs> that's Y'all so crazy right what's like i didn't i would have never expected that to be like a crossover appeal thing. <laughs> we had no idea this would be as popular as it was. That's um, that's cool. This is crazy. It was my first appearance, I believe, on this podcast. And it I was. remember saying, like, Eric, this is either going to be really, really cool, <laughs> or you're never having me on the show again. It's <laughs> like, one of two things. So I'm happy it worked out. <laughs> yeah, it did. And that was what was so great when we did our second season of Power Rangers Survivor, because we had the format down and we changed things up enough and people just ate it up. Yeah. I bought some dice, everyone. I bought some dice. Nice. Because I can't find my old <laughs> die that we 
<laughs> no worries. Oh, and this this was something that I I texted Doug. I'm like, we were doing Power Rangers role playing before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not untrue. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, uh, we're not going to reveal the theme just yet. That'll be a little <gasps> bit of a surprise. Eric, I don't know why I'm asking you this on air, but can can I write and record like a Jeff Probe style teaser? Yes. Perfect. And I will, I will produce the hell out of that. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Awesome. Get psyched, everyone. <laughs> Coming up on Power Rangers Survivor. <laughs> yes. This season, we're going to a whole new place. Yeah. Like like that kind of promo? Yeah. On the wildest season of Power Rangers Survivor <laughs> we've ever done. <laughs> Out of the three. <laughs> Out of the three, this will be the best. Yes. And then they also asked, what are your ideas on how you would adapt Q Ranger. These are loaded questions. There's no way to not talk for like an hour on all these questions. <laughs> I well, know. For this one, luckily, I think Eric might be the only one who can actually answer this, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, I've watched a little bit of it. I haven't watched all of it, but it's Power Rangers in space. <laughs> Do Power Rangers in space part so two. Bring back and... Andros is what you're saying? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Andros, come back. I'm just saying that with all the aliens that are in Q-Ranger as Rangers, for a Power Rangers season, you have some... You want to talk about world building? Mm. You have the potential to have a past alien from 25 years of Power Rangers as a Ranger. You can have an equation. The show gives you a blue ranger that's a wolf. Like, you could have Dude. someone from SPD, you know, the Anubis planet, yes. you know? Oh, man, from like, Sirius. embrace your, like, furry, like, subculture. That is definitely, <laughs> that definitely part of how we decided to ignore with without putting in Zuocher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really to make it up, everyone. <laughs> exactly. So... I just think with Q-Ranger, you're literally giving the space season that Chip Lynn always wanted. Not a Mega Ranger space fake-out. You literally have them in spaceships (laughs) flying around in space. Their power-up weapon comes from the constellations. If any season Chip would shine, it would be a space adaption season. And you could go anywhere. Power Rangers has already laid the foundation of many planets and different aliens. So let this be your non-anniversary year celebration, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, and the idea has to already be there because it it wasn't developed in a vacuum, you know. So no. it's it's brewing. They already know what they want to do. <laughs> it's uh, there. If if yeah. this doesn't go well, though, like this will be, I feel like the biggest letdown of any of them <laughs> outside. You know, like mm-hmm. oh god, this yep. needs to be good. <laughs> <laughs> And, God, how would they even do that? Since it's such a large cast, you know half of them are going to have to still be in the suits. Yeah. So, what's that Power Morphicon reveal going to be like? Is it just going to oh be, like, gosh. half the suits, like, hey! <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know enough about Q-Ranger. If they could somehow pull off that individual Rangers have multiple powers, but they do full nine lineups. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I don't know how they'd do it. And then Joshua Aaron Moore at Kentucky Jam asks... Where do you see Power Rangers as a brand overall 
a decade from now, and I joked on the main account, <laughs> I went, dead, LOL. And I, I, obviously, I don't want that to happen. I was just a bit jaded from a couple things that happened today. I don't want Power Rangers to die. <laughs> so I think there's a spectrum, right? And I think the one end of the spectrum is is exactly that, that the brand is dead. And I actually don't... Like, I'm not saying this to be pessimistic. I don't actually think that's what's going to happen. But I think Chris has even been on this show talking about how very mm-hmm. easily this this franchise could just fold, right? Right. So I think that's one end of the spectrum. But I think the other end of the spectrum is if what they're doing now is successful in the way that I hope I'm interpreting it correctly, then Power mm-hmm. Rangers continues on as a brand and the show stops. And so yeah. the show doesn't exist, but we now have a superhero franchise that they can do whatever they want with. We continue mm-hmm. to get comics, yep. we get miniseries, we might get, and I think it would be stuff that, that caters to a nerd mentality, right? So we get our sure. tabletop game, we get expansion campaigns, we get maybe books or something like that, and we get that type of content. Maybe we get standalone animated movies eventually, but not anything full-blown television series-wise. Yeah. So I think if what I hope they're doing works that's what the brand looks like. It looks like sure. a, a well-established superhero franchise that's no longer rooted in television. I like that. Yeah. Ten years is a long time. So It is a very long time. Just think, essentially ten years ago, Power Rangers was dead after RPM. Yeah. That's, well, that's le- so a true. little bit less than ten years. And now we're full back into the swing of things. But one of the things <laughs> <laughs> I think that I was very jaded about today was okay so here's what happened someone found the next wave of legacy figures in california took a picture of it which included the gold zeo ranger and come to find out that the paint apps are just gone everything that we've seen from the last six months from san diego comic-con new york comic-con something as soon as last month Mm-hmm. And now we've gone from a, a beautifully gold-painted paint apps figure that we've been shown for six months, and the final product is yellow plastic on his shield, the staff, everything. It looks like trash. So what I'm looking at in this picture, like that plastic that's supposed to be gold, is that just like the default plastic just with nothing on it? Like that's what the normal color is? Yep. Okay. So you can tell it's a total cost-cutting measure. They decided, "Eh, well, that's good enough. We don't have to do a paint app. Because if you look at the visor, you can see the gold trim on his visor. Yeah. I I don't know to what extent anybody who's going to have anything to do with legacy figures will ever hear this, but I I hope somebody does because I have almost all the legacy figures. I skipped out on the movie ones because I didn't really care about those ones, but I do have them all. I really like them. I have not complained very much about them at all Mm -hmm. um, because I actually am generally pretty satisfied with what I feel like I'm paying for. But I saw this today and I don't claim to be like a huge Zio gold fan because we know Chris, right? Right. But the gold Zio Ranger has like a very, 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 very big place in my heart as a Power Rangers fan. Mm-hmm. And I saw this and like, no joke, I got like really emotionally upset because I was like, this is the figure that they could screw up all these other figures. And at least I get to have like a really cool Zeo gold figure. Like I yep. probably would have yeah. bought more than one of them if I could get my hands on more than one of them. It was a piece of nostalgia that I was like really, really happy to blanket yep. up to and be really excited about and just have and hold 
I open all my toys. I'm a firm believer in opening all my toys. But I would have mm-hmm. opened one. I would have kept one closed. This would have been a really cool thing. And I nearly all but teared up because I saw this and was like, you've got to be kidding. Why is that what's happening <laughs> to this figure? Ugh, I was so upset. As someone who never complains about these legacy figures, I was devastated when I saw this figure, which is way more dramatic than I'm usually willing to be. But that's seriously how much that gut punch that was to see. And I saw this this afternoon and my heart dropped for Chris. Yes. And I was driving home from work and he called me and we talked about this most of my 40 minute drive. I ranted up a storm and he was just like, what in God's name happened? And essentially, I think they just cheaped out. They said, hey, this is one more paint app that we don't have to pay for. So let's just do it. It's such a slap in the face to everyone who has supported this line. I know we'll never get every Ranger ever like they promised. I know that's not realistic. Right. But we were going to get this, though. We were going to get this figure. We were going to get this glorious gold, black and gold ranger, and now he's the yellow mustard (laughs) ranger. And I hate it. I hate it. The thing that's so frustrating to me is, again, I'm I'm probably being far more negative than I normally, but like the lie of it all. It's frustrating to me, the lie that was told. And I, I don't think it's malicious. Like, I don't think there's any room for it to be malicious. But like, you showed us this figure so many times. The hype was so real for this figure, like in a way that yeah. there was not hype for many of the other individual figures. It, it would be like the hype of, you know, like a white, when they show us a white Dino Thunder, those types of figures, if they ever showed us a Shadow Ranger, right? Oh my God. If they ever showed us those, it, like, this is that type of figure. And so to show it to us in the type of way that we're all like, Yas, Queen, like that figure. <laughs> not give us that figure i just don't get it i don't get it at all it's the biggest boldface lie they touted this at the past two shows the only two shows that they showed us off in and we were all like oh yes this is gonna be so sweet and even that mmpr toys video where they were showing the previews of this figure and it was that shiny gold and i'm like oh man this is gonna be freaking awesome and i love it and (laughs) yes And then you see the picture of this wave. Now, let me be clear. This wave has the Dino Thunder team and some of the Zeo team. And they look good. They look really good. Well, here's the thing. (laughs) Even the Dino Thunder Rangers, they have gold in their costume on the chest, on the cuffs. And it's like, this was a gold paint app. That was applied to all figures in this wave. Do not come to me with that excuse. (laughs) Well, the factory screwed up. Are you telling me you don't have quality control in your factories? You don't get samples? So any excuse that Bandai has, I'm not buying it. Just like this figure. Not buying it. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I'm almost at the point because I have all my legacy figures like still in the box because I didn't want to display them until I was moved into my new place. I'm even thinking of just dumping and selling the entire line. Well, this, okay. That's how mad I am about this. I don't know if you actually read Chris's question yet, but I think that right there is the predicament that inspires Chris's question. 
So Chris asked, and this was, he posted this after we talked on the phone or whatever. He said, how toxic is Bandai America when they release a subpar product while threatening you with the cancellation of the product line if you don't support it? And I say it's super toxic. And Bandai got in trouble with this for the fans because they were answering questions at New York Comic Con, and it's like, the female figures aren't selling, so you gotta buy them so we can put more out, and stop guilt-tripping me. (laughs) I've already supported this entire line. Yep. I do not want to be guilt-tripped into buying more. The only reason I buy doubles is because I'm giving them away on a podcast. I'm using them as giveaways. Not everyone has that kind of money. Not everyone has a podcast to do giveaways. No one should be double dipping with these figures. You supported the line. Good for you. I've done my job as a collector and a consumer. I'm not double dipping for something I don't believe in just to move Uh, product. Yeah, I know it's not on me as an individual, right? But I don't know what I'm supposed to do when I already have all of the figures <laughs> like I bought them for other people who said they can't afford them yet and said like don't right. worry about it pay me back later. I just want these bought I've done what I can Bandai like I don't know what more you want <laughs> and I just went to my Toys R Us my local Toys R Us yesterday mm-hmm. and they already have three Tories and three Ashleys and what did they put as another wave once some cleared out White Ranger and Yellow Ranger, Mighty Morphin, <laughs> yep. that stupid wave. Yep. And I'm like, great, I will never see a new wave of legacy figures at this store because it's already chocked full of stuff that I already have and I'm not buying again. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. It's super frustrating. Everything about this points to a cost-cutting measure. They were just like, we'll get the fans all hooked and ready <laughs> and then, up. Oh, Oh, they're out in the wild. Oh, no, it's missing the gold. Eh, Too late. Because they only produce these in one wave and they're done. They had one job and they (laughs) failed to do it. Is this on a you had one job Twitter yet? (laughs) It should be. It it really should be. Someone should just make an entire Twitter that's literally just this one job. You had one job. It was this. (laughs) It was that. He's literally the Gold Ranger. You have to have gold paint. It's a no-brainer. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't get it. Oh, it's so it's money. It's that's what happens when it's because money. That's, that's yeah. I know, but it's such a cop out. Yeah, just show us that plastic then from the get go. This is the thing that's frustrating is they they knew they couldn't have shown that plastic, right? I know I already said it wasn't malicious, and I really don't think anybody was like nefariously wringing their hands saying like, "How can we screw over adult Power Ranger fans today?" Because that's not a thing people do. But someone knew they couldn't show that yellow plastic mm-hmm. at the cons, right? <laughs> Somebody knew that they couldn't do that. This was <laughs> a conscious decision. Someone made this decision. To say, you know what, we're not going to do that paint app. There was someone at Bandai that approved that. Yeah. And you can't, you cannot tell me it's the manufacturing plant in China. Because at that point, I'm going to say, then why don't you have a quality control person? Yeah. It is money, and that seems to be like the big challenge with this whole line, unfortunately. It's just like, I don't know where the thing is. I don't know enough about it. It's probably more of yeah. a, a Chris thing than a than ever will it be a me thing, but yeah. All I have to say is look at Toku Nation for a future article. Oh yeah, I know he's writing something tonight, but for a lot of people, this is kind of the last straw. And as much as I love Zio, I'm kind of getting out of the figure collecting. 
it's sad, but I have to stay true to what I believe in, and I'm really literally going to vote with my wallet and probably not pick these up. As sad as that is. I would consider myself a collector, even though I, I have a bunch of stuff, because I, I do that all the time where I'm like, mm, eh, I don't really need this. I don't, I don't need that. I generally am very, very comfortable being like, I don't care that much to buy this just because I want to support this line. Like, if I don't want this thing, I'm not going to buy that thing. This is the closest, if not the strongest conflict I've ever had, where I'm like, mm-hmm. I really, really do want to buy things in order to support this line, but this line is <laughs> not supporting me back. <laughs> No, it's not. And every wave, there seems to be some issue. Yeah. Whether it's distribution or silver belts on Mighty Morphin (laughs) or whatever. That was my little rant. That's our frustration. (laughs) So for you, the listeners of Ranger Command Power Hour, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash rangercommandph. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash rangercommandph for your free audiobook. Are you guys ready to talk Power Rangers Ninja Steel? So ready. Well, here we go. So we're going to be reviewing episodes 15 through 17 of Power Rangers Ninja Steel. First off, episode 15, The Royal Rumble. The Power Rangers band together with a new ally to try and defeat Galvanax's new champion, but even their teamwork may not be enough. This episode features the debut of the Lion Fire Power Star, Red Rangers Lion Fire Mode, and the Lion Fire Megazord, as well as the final appearance of Drillion. So basically... This whole episode was what I would say in classic Power Rangers, the Battleizer episode. Yeah. Mm, I don't like Battleizers very much, personally. No, I like really the like way them. some of them look, but that's usually where it ends. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't like the way most of them look. There's only a few of them that I really dig. I'm okay with the look of this one, but I get that, you know, Power Rangers is made to, like, sell toys, essentially. That's that's his first goal immediately. But right. it's, like, such a toy plug, like, every single time. I guess at least this time, this isn't an American one, right? Like, this was in the Sentai, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess it's not so bad, but I don't know. I, they're always just, like, bulky and kind of weird. And This one doesn't have <laughs> foam abs, so that's, that's a plus, true. right? It doesn't have roller skates and it doesn't have a diaper. So, I mean, I'm cool with it. <laughs> I'm a, I don't know. I'm pro uh, SPD leather thong. So. Yes. <laughs> I love that SPD <laughs> battleizer. <laughs> thong and all. I love it. So this episode in the Sentai, this ship and this form is much later in the series. It's almost like three-fourths of the way done. Wow. Oh, wow. And the reason that they introduce the Lion Fire Megazord so quickly is because the toy's out early, because they wanted to have a price point item for this Christmas. And so that's kind of the thinking between that. So I really don't like Princess Vieira much as a character, And I remember seeing the preview for this episode where Mick was all, she kidnapped most of my people and I got sold to Galvanax. I haven't seen my parents in 20 years. And it was like, you were so psyched. You were so excited. I was over the topic side. I was like, oh my God, actual conflict in Power Rangers. (laughs) And it's Kelson. And I know he can act that. 
and oh my god and then it's all forgiven in five minutes because she helped them make a ninja steel power-up thing yeah it's frustrating because the emotion of that first scene where he's like well i don't think we should help her and preston's like oh mick how could you even say that there was actual omg conflict and realistic like Duke got sold into slavery to Galvanax. That's kind of a big deal. Yeah. And the way that they're able to just forgive her because, well, I'm going to show my people the Power Ranger way. <laughs> That's yeah. not how morals work. Well, this season's kind of been weird about introducing these really dark concepts, but like not doing anything with them. Like, not that I expect <laughs> it to be dark, but the fact that Brody was captive for 10 years and like yeah. make us a slave like his his people are slaves why would you introduce this stuff if you aren't going to go for it you know what i mean like, that's, that's a really what i'm talking about yeah someone really, wants yeah. to tell a story yeah yeah it's a really like dark thing to talk about so you can't you can't brush that over when you introduce that like that's just going to cause questions and that was my whole thing with brody he should be a lot more psychologically <laughs> damaged than dude he, is. he should yeah. Uh, yeah for real I think and there's a way that you can do that in a kid-friendly way, I feel like. Just have them having a lot of trouble acclimating to, to the current world. Like, I think you could do that without it being, like, super gritty psychological, but still, well, like, address sure. what's happening. I thought they were going to do it with Levi, and I thought they were going to do it in a way that was going to make perfect sense. Like, when he's stumbling through the lockers in, what, an episode or two ago? Right. That was really cool, and I thought that was going to keep happening. And that's a way that you can very easily convey, convey that this character is struggling with their past and it's not it's you know we can fill in the blanks and be like oh my gosh that's really dark but a kid's just gonna be like oh man he's like having a hard time (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 exactly and the only brief glimpse we saw of brody's struggle i think it was the second episode when they went back to the farm and they couldn't find anything Mm. and brody was just kind of getting like that frustrated kid way like oh this isn't going my way and i'm (laughs) suddenly depressed and to me, that was emotionally, like, yeah, emotionally, he's still, a like, a 10-year-old. And that's why, like, Sarah had to coach him. I was like, oh, my God, that's so cool. Yeah. And then next episode, hey, guys, I'm in high school now. <laughs> yeah, I totally get everything. <laughs> yeah, they could be throwing those little things in here and there where they just kind of help him, for sure. Yeah, like, he doesn't know how to put ketchup on a hot dog or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be relatable because, yeah, he's been on an alien ship for 10 years. Like, most of his young childhood was spent in space. And he could say things like, you know, weird things like, oh, man, glibber glap or something. And and they're like, what? Like, he could do a weird alien slang. And and he's like, oh, well, I heard that a lot on Galvanix's ship. That's not a thing here. No, glibber glap isn't a thing. I now need, like, a two-panel comic series of, like, Brody trying things on Earth for the first time in ten years. (laughs) Brody puts ketchup on a hot dog. (laughs) And it's, like, halfway up his arm, and he's like, this is how you do it, right? I mean, like, 2007 to 2017, that's such a big jump. Just the world is so... That's iPhones. Yeah. That's the entire life of iPhones. (laughs) (laughs) And plus, we know his dad's, like doing ninja stuff in the woods with his two kids yeah with no mention of his mom well of course why would there be a mom (laughs) 
you know they're already living this like weird lifestyle out in the woods <laughs> that's separated from humanity anyway. So I <laughs> somewhere out there, somebody's written the counterpart to Ninja Steel, where you actually learn that their dad is some crazy guy who ran off to the woods with his children <laughs> to like train them as ninjas against the world that's like coming out, like coming after them. <laughs> I swear to God, every time I hear that stupid opening and it's like, he was the greatest ninja ever, I start busting out laughing because it's so ridiculous. And I'm like, sorry, the, the Ninja Storm Rangers have something to say, okay? <laughs> he was the greatest ninja ever as he's like, Bleh! to the ninja star and like shattering it literally the only thing we've seen him do is die like that's it or not even die just like lose yep so this whole episode they're introducing these concepts which are all right i want to learn more about that and not have it be solved in the same episode (laughs) of course you got the victor and monty subplot where you know they find one of the anti-gravitation crystals from vera's ship and victor's like i know how to get my 50th trophy and um as a victor and monty apologist even i think they needed to entirely cut this out none of this made any sense you won't hear me say this too frequently but like victor and monty needed to just not be in this episode at all like just go away (laughs) i did (laughs) took up so much time I did laugh at like one line from the very the very end when it's a weightlifting competition, and he's like, "Like, well, do I still get a trophy if I deserve it?" Like, I did laugh at that. I thought that was funny. Well, I but, think they're funny, so I laugh at the things. Well, like, I think the actors are really funny, so I laugh at them. Sure, but that's <laughs> in this episode. That's where it ended. <laughs> yeah. I was surprised. I thought because it was a two parter, they were going to continue shenanigans with them in jail. I guess. I mean, I don't know. I, I maybe that was like asking much. Oh, they but the have. fact that they showed that scene right before saying to be continued, I guess they cowed it and press charges. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's so disjointed. You could have have them not be in this episode because they were in jail. Yeah, easily. And like the next episode, they're like, "Oh well, our parents bailed us out because the." farmer didn't decide to press charges because he knows we're two idiots from the high school that like to do dumb things (laughs) like they could have done that because this episode needed to just be about the rangers and viera because we could have got more of viera and mick working together more than just oh five minutes later oh well you helped us with the ninja stars so i guess that means you're cool And sure, there was a payoff. Vieira connected them to the Lion Galaxy, and he got to talk to his parents 20 years later. But they weren't slaves. They seemed happy. I don't understand that at all. So they're still in the Lion Galaxy, but is the Lion Galaxy still enslaved, or is it not enslaved, or were they liberated? I didn't... Or was he just sold to slavery from the Lion Galaxy, and they were still there? I don't don't understand how that played out. Yeah, neither do I. (laughs) And neither do the writers. (laughs) One of the things I did like was that I'm a sucker for power-ups. Like, I I do love battleizers. I love power-ups. And literally all of the footage of the fight was from the Sentai. But it's cool in Power Rangers. I love that effect when he first morphed and the rocks just explode Mm, around him. I did like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was amazing. And then he's punching the monster so hard that the impacts are crushing the cliff behind him (laughs) that was awesome (laughs) 
Yeah, Ninninger, from what I can tell, because I haven't actually watched Ninninger, has like mm-hmm. some really amazing fight animations. Yes. Yeah. Effects animations. It does awesome stuff. They do great things. And I did appreciate the little bit of continuity from the previous two-parter when Mick and, and Redbot are fixing their ninja swords, which were damaged in the last episode. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was some good continuity. And wow, like the ninja steals almost out. Like literally these were the last two stars that were made. The Lion Fortress Mega Zord star and and his Lion Fire Power Star. Literally that that's it. There's no more ninja steal. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see because there is Spoiler, there is more Megazords to happen in Ninja Steel. (laughs) What? (laughs) So I don't know how they're going to address that in the story if they've already run out of Ninja Steel. So they're they're great at introducing these, these plot points, but they usually don't carry them farther than one or two episodes. Mm -hmm. And Vera like blasts off into space at the end. And it's like, well, if you ever need me, we'll be here. It's like, will you, you'll be in another (laughs) galaxy. Like, is this stuff just going to (laughs) teleport? What's happening? Well, and if it's that easy to just like fly from one galaxy to the other, then why can't Mick just like hop on with her, visit his parents and come back to earth? Like if it's that easy to go back and forth between. It wasn't a big dilemma because, (laughs) because Mick's like, Oh, well, you know, I've got to help my friends here and I'll see you later. And it's like, (laughs) no, it, you know, you can literally just hop on that thing and then teleport back when Brody summons the lion fire stuff. Right. (laughs) like looking way too much into it but like it bothered me that the way that brody got his battleizer was by like stripping the armor of another of like a really like strong woman like without her consent oh. you know what i mean like oh <laughs> like, Ooh. i mean yes. like, that really bothered me it gave me like ptsd of like the end of Samurai, where you introduce a really cool like female Red Ranger who only serves a purpose to just basically like prove how much the male Red Ranger is better. Um, it just kind of felt like that, and I didn't like that. I don't, and I don't Ooh. see why that was necessary. No, it's necessary. Why couldn't she like willingly give it up or something like that? I don't know. Toku ladies are gonna love you. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag feminism. <laughs> right. No, that's that's an amazing point. That is a really great point. Yeah, and now I'm thinking, wow, Ninja Nexus Prism, you're kind of sexist. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that would have served the story better if she's like, oh, the Ninja Nexus Prism is trying to tell me something. Wow, maybe I can infuse my armor. Like, it would be much yeah. better if it was her idea. Well, if we saw a longer arc for her in general with kind of learning about it, like, that would have been a cool final turning point for her to finally yes. be like, okay, this is how I'm going to prove that I'm a good guy now. Well, she has a reason to leave the armor behind. She has a motivation. She's trying to go back to her people and convert them from being a militant, violent, power-hungry people. What better way Mm -hmm. to do that than to strip yourself of your literal armor, help somebody else by doing it, and then rule your kingdom as just like a strong diplomatic woman. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, yeah. It's in right there. You need this more than I do. I don't need it anymore. Yeah, it's a really cool, like, kind of, it's a cool, like, empowerment story and just, like, a cool, like, mm-hmm. story about peace and things. Like, it's so weird because it's just, like, you made all the, all the wrong calls with it somehow. I don't understand. Especially because none of those are calls they had to make. Exactly. Princess Viera right. doesn't need to exist at all. Yeah. It, <laughs> no. This wasn't, like, a, a restraint to the Sentai footage thing. So, like, why, oh. what 
brought you to writing that? I don't know. Another thing is like Mick forgives her because he's like, oh, well, the armor and well, I guess you're really here to help us out. That wasn't her decision, though. That was the Ninja (laughs) Nexus prism. It was an accident for all intents and purposes. Yeah. As far as those two are concerned. (laughs) So him even forgiving her, if she didn't do it out of the kindness of her heart, the Ninja (laughs) Nexus prism said, wow, you got some cool armor. We're going to put that on the Red Ranger now. (laughs) Right. Dang. I actually like, well, I don't like this episode more. I like it less, but I appreciate it more because there's so much to dissect and I didn't think there would be. (laughs) We discuss all the hot takes here in Command Power. (laughs) Oh yeah. Digging deep. Some errors. And Doug, you mentioned this in another show. Is it an error if they do it so much? Uh, Dino Charge theme playing again in the background. I really don't think it's an error. I think they just think this music is cooler and they're just choosing to do it. Have they I, ever played an instrumental version of Ninja Steel like beforehand? Once. Uh, once? Once. Why? Uh, uh, that's so weird. Well, and it's weird because like, I think the only explanation is they, they genuinely think that the Dino Charge or the Samurai or what Megaforce themes are cooler in the moments that they're using them. I wouldn't agree with them, oh. but that's the only thing I can think it would be the reason. Right. The problem with that is the Ninja Steel theme is cool and it fits the theme of what yeah. they're doing so much better. And very distinct. It's a really yeah. distinct theme song, you know? Yeah. I don't get it. It's the kind that's, like, so distinct that it, like, took me a few listens to really, like, feel it. And yeah. now it's, like, it feels like it needs to just be there, and it's not. Very weird. That's very sad. Some notes. This is the first time since its debut that none of the Ninja Steel Rangers assume Ninja Master Mode. Fine with it. Don't care. <laughs> Do not care about that at all. <laughs> This is the first time that Cosmo Royale did not use the Gigantifier on stage. Instead, Galvanax orders Akutabot to do it. Oh, I didn't notice that. And this episode title shares its name with the WWE pay-per-view event of the same name held every January. Oh. Royal Rumble. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) That exists in the world. That's a fact. Yeah, for a second I went back and was like, oh my gosh, what a cool illusion. But I that might have been an accident. I don't even know. <laughs> Moving on to episode 16, Yay. Monkey Business. Calvin and Haley decide to run for office, but are thrown into discord by a monster capable of recording their voices. Uh, so here you have... The evil phone pansy. He's just kind of creeping around the high school <laughs> and he's just recording everyone's conversations. Uh, I thought it opened up really kind of cute for their relationship. Calvin screwed up and he's late to picking Haley up and he's like, Hey, why don't you hop in? And she's like, What's the point? We're already here. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So that kind of sparks this whole plot that we have going because she's really disappointed that he's kind of forgetful and, you know, really doesn't take responsibility for his actions. And there's this opportunity because the school election for student body president is up and they're accepting applications and principal Hastings. I'm surprised I even remembered that because she's barely (laughs) in it, even though she's probably a cool character. And that would have made a really good subplot if she, found out that Mick really wasn't a teacher and Mm -hmm. yeah. Anywho, um, (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, do your background checks at her, Miss Hastings. Yeah. Um, but she says to Haley, hey, you would make an excellent addition as a student body president. And Callan's like, well, I'm going to I'm going to do it because I'm going to prove her wrong. It turns into this huge one upping contest throughout the episode. I think it was actually pretty cute, and I for for a large portion of the campaign, I was actually really proud of the way that they were portraying what was happening, because mm-hmm. what you see is that the two of them both agree to run, and they're both like amused by the fact that each other are running, right? Like, there's no, it's <laughs> yeah. it's not out of any sort of ill will. Like, he's not running out of spite. He's running right. to prove that he is responsible, um, and she's like impressed by that. Yeah, I, I thought it was really cool that they their friends decided to civilly decide how to support each one of them. This is what I was especially proud of. There was no moment in this episode where you saw their friends choosing sides because of conflict. It was simply like, okay, well, we've agreed to try to help Haley win, and we've agreed to try to help Calvin win, and they're all very okay with it. And I thought that was so cool. They were joking about it. They were yeah. like, what was it like, may the best man win? And and uh, Haley <laughs> was like, she definitely will. And yeah. I was like, you go, girl. Yeah, it was like fun. They were like doing this for fun and they were all sort of into it, but in like a supportive and like friendly competitive way. Right. I, I was really surprised by that. I was very, very happy to see that the way that they, they did that. I think out of the three episodes that we're reviewing, this one was my favorite just because of those interactions. Oh, yeah. Sure. And having a monster that can create the conflict in a natural way by using each other's voices, I thought was great. And And Victor and Monty actually served a purpose that fit into the story that was being told. Go on. Victor and Monty are part of the reason that things begin to break down, allowing yes. for yeah, phone pansy to step in. So basically, Calvin and Haley are running against each other, and you have Victor, who has the motivation of wanting to stay president, but I'm right. assuming he's not allowed to because they must only be allowed to do it once. But if no one runs, then he just by default will stay president. So his mm-hmm. motivation is to get Calvin and Haley disqualified. So... Victor and Monty start the fake conflict between Calvin and Haley and phone Pansy, and we'll talk about how this happens, just piggybacks off of that. Yeah, and that felt like natural conflict, and that was a good way to introduce Victor and Monty as connected to the story and not just this side thing that we shouldn't care about because yeah. it doesn't matter. It's a really it's a really tight script, I think. Way more than we've ever we've seen in Power Rangers in a long time. I was also like totally like thrown off in a good way. There's a scene, it's like the I don't I guess it's like the midpoint of the episode when Haley like does her big apology to Calvin about it. Um and it seems like they kinda worked it out and the whole lessons I shouldn't have had little faith in you or thought you were lazy. I legit thought like that conflict was ending there and the rest of the episode was just gonna be like a long Zord battle or something. So I was <laughs> legit surprised that it like kept going beyond that. And, and like in a good way, I think it's it, it's really cool that it wasn't it wasn't a very predictable way that they played out the story yeah yeah and i liked how again phone pansy towards the end he perpetuated the conflict even more by you know luring them to get their ninja stars and i loved it because then it's like it re-sparked the controversy because you have him faking out 
their other friends and saying, you know, Calvin actually did start the food fight. And she was like, I knew it. So even though they apologized, <laughs> they were quick to go right back yeah. to blaming each other. And that's why I loved when Mick came in. Yeah. And Mick is the best. He's like, well, that doesn't really sound like them, does it? Derek was saying this is like really tight. Like it's put together very, very well. Yeah. And this is a perfect example of that because I was, I thought I was starting to see where this episode was going to unravel in ways that recent Power Ranger episodes have in that they were just believing what they were hearing on the phone. And I was like, you guys are a team. <laughs> you wouldn't just do that. <laughs> and I was like, this is where it's going to unravel. But then they, they end up addressing that like very, very quickly after I start to think that. So you get a good Mick mentoring moment in all of this as well. They fit so much goodness into this episode. They did. And when I think it was uh, Preston and Haley and Levi were stepping outside just after they talked to Mick, and then Levi's the one that gets the phone call, and he's like, oh, hey, Haley. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> yeah. It was really well done, how they just kind of naturally figured it out. And that was more in part because... You know, Phone Pansy can't wait to get them all in this plaza at once. And mm -hmm. it was his own fault that they figured it out. Yeah. 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 Otherwise, I think he would have picked them off one by one if he mm -hmm. was patient. Oh, yeah. I don't know if we're moving through this episode too fast, but since we're at the point where Phone Pansy is beginning to trap them and they're, they've figured out what's going on, because basically Phone Pansy has been like systematically recording all the Rangers' voices, yes. which is what lets him do this sort of like deception thing. But once they figure it out, and I love this, you see that Haley and Levi morph and approach Phone Pansy, and Preston's not with them. Can we yes. please praise this moment so much? Because Preston is not with them for the best reason ever. And the best reason is he's using his cool ninja outfit to rescue the Rangers. Yes. I love it. I love it. It was the best. And the, he was doing what a ninja should do. And I love when they use these suits and I love this shot where, you know, Akuta Bot's walking by and just a hand grabs him and tosses him somewhere. <laughs> I love that. That's literally out of the shadows, which what, what they're talking yes. about. And we got that epic shot where he's falling from this really high balcony and doing a cool ninja thing without being a Power Ranger. Yes. That's awesome. Like everything that this show can be good about that was a terrible sentence everything this show can do well this episode i feel like for the most part did well yeah yeah definitely it could be considered a quote-unquote filler episode i know that's what i'm saying like because yeah. it's so self-contained it doesn't rely on the episode in front of it or behind it and so they just put together a really tight story and executed it really really well i think this is one of the best pieces of evidence to support that like the filler episodes in Ninja Steel are better than the story episodes. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind Victor and Monty when they're incorporated into the plot and not a random side thing. Right. I Definitely. love it so much more. Right. That was a good way to incorporate them. And it was natural. I did like this episode. I think out of the three, this is the best one that I liked because it hit all of those points I think this is a solid 
just typical Power Rangers episode. Yeah, I've liked it more like you're talking about it more because it's not like a mind blowing episode or anything. You know, it's not no. like a franchise best, but it's a it's just really it's really solid, well written. Some notes: Galvanax, Madam Odious, and Redbot do not appear in this episode. This is a cool thing. Brody's ringtone on his phone was the Go Go Power Rangers tune. How did I not notice that? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> also, speaking of the phones, like this is the way to incorporate modern yes. technology into an episode. It made sense. Yeah. It was seamless. It fit with the monster. It wasn't in your face. It wasn't over the top. It just was there. There's the earlier episode with the the wishing tree where Haley and Calvin were using social media to get the word out <laughs> yes. on their phones. And that was yes. another good use of hey modern technology yeah yeah i really like the phones but i was kind of thinking in my head i'm like what person in 2017 actually talks on the phone <laughs> oh. <laughs> would that be your first clue well brody's calling me but that's weird so this couldn't be him. <laughs> i guess that is maybe one of the problems because they do have wrist communicators right so like maybe oh, that's yeah. one of the holes we could poke in this yeah, but I, I wasn't thinking that. It's a strong enough episode that you can overlook that stuff. Yeah, right. And that's that's kind of the key is that I feel like any episode that we're poking little holes into, like you could do that in any episode of the show ever, it's like since Certainly. the beginning. But as long as everything else is tighter, you know, well, if you that's have, the you hole you have to, have to poke, room. it's a good episode. Exactly. Right. Right. <laughs> a really funny line Cosmo Royale says make my monkey grow a reference to <laughs> Rico Repulse's famous phrase. Brody did not morph into Lion Fire Mode or use the Lion Fire Megazord because this episode is based off Ninja episode 14, way before those even appeared in the show. We're going to get that note a lot, I feel like, right? Yeah, they're really mixing things up. And then we come to what I think was the worst out of the three. I'm excited for this because I only just watched this one and I feel like you two might have different opinions yeah i liked it but i recognize that it's not really good but i enjoy <laughs> it <laughs> no i know what you mean i'm a power rangers fan I <laughs> so this is episode 17 the adventures of redbot redbot documents the adventures of the power rangers on his new blog while a cat-like monster attempts to steal the ninja power stars so we finally have a Redbot focus episode because we haven't seen him. I feel he is the less utilized character yeah. in this show. Yeah. Like he was there in the beginning for a bit and then completely disappeared for a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And now he's back. I get what they're trying to do. I'm glad that this is like a Redbot episode. Like, wow, a side character has their own episode, but because we haven't seen much of him in the rest of this season, it just kind of feels like out of nowhere. Yeah, sure. And I don't know him enough. For me, that's kind of why I liked it a lot, because I thought the idea of Redbot was kind of cool from the beginning. Outside of Alpha, we don't really get a lot of those cool robot characters that actually have yeah. that character, you know? I like Haley's Focus episode that was also kind of sort of focused on him early on. Mm -hmm. I like that any kind of story about a robot that learns to be human or whatever. Like, it's cheesy and it's, like, really simple, but that's a story sure. that kind of gets to me immediately. 
I kind of like this idea of them playing with that superhero trope of like you have the Justice League and then like their kid sidekick kind of person. Mm-hmm. It's like a really old school kind of trope. And I feel like mixing that with a robot uh, kind of learning things, a very naive robot learning things in a very kid-like way. Like, I just think it's kind of cool. And I feel like there's a lot of things they could do with it. I don't know if it really fits into the season at all. But sure. whenever they play with him, I think it's kind of fun. When you put it that way, I can appreciate what this episode is doing. I just felt like it's too late in the season because yeah. I feel like we should be ramping up towards an end game, which sure. I know the next couple of episodes will do. But this yeah. feels like an episode six type of thing. Yeah, it is a weird placement. They had that whole bunch of episodes at the beginning that were exploring pretty much every character individually. Why wasn't that up there with it? There's, there's right. no reason why it wasn't. Right, and there's nothing specifically story building about this episode other than the fact that Levi's there. So, okay, maybe have it closer to when he joined the team or something. It just feels like it's just an excuse to burn off some Sentai footage and just place Redbot in there. And that's where I felt like there's kind of a disconnect. I get it. They're trying to use this monster costume and burn off some of the early footage. But I don't feel that they were as successful telling the Redbot story. Mm Mm-hmm. I did appreciate that they brought Mary back. She's been a consistent guest character. And I think that they tied her in very well in the fact that, you know, you got Victor and Monty, again, because they have to be shoehorned in somehow. Mm -hmm. Like, they overhear Redbot. They don't even question Redbot's existence. (laughs) Like, nope, it's just this robot here, and I'm going to be their manager because I want to be famous. See, I I didn't feel like that was a bad integration of them, at least, like, for most of it comparatively, you know, to the rest of the season. I felt like it kind of made sense because they weren't, they didn't feel like super shoehorned into me. It felt like, because they weren't, they were actually pretty, like, decent managers, all things considered. Uh, (laughs) Like, like, for the most, I mean, considering this is a universe where apparently you can publish a blog and immediately gets a million views and you get a publishing deal (laughs) where your book is published, I guess, the next day? Because I guess that's how it works. And for free? Derek, you're in the wrong universe. (laughs) (laughs) The internet works fast here in Power Rangers, okay? Obviously. I mean, but like all that said, I feel like they fit into like this plot a little bit. Their presence didn't bother me while they were there. Because, I mean, it was just another way to kind of push Redbot's like ego thing along. I do think it is a good lesson. Because everyone is guilty of embellishing the truth to make yourself look better anyone on the planet is guilty of that at some point in their lives and it is an innocent mistake for Redbot to do because he just thinks oh well i'm gonna tell it in a more entertaining way and just feature me as the star i don't see any problem with that whereas we get to see the consequences of it like levi warned I just thought Levi was a little bit more heavy-handed and saying, hey, this is the lesson. But we do get to see that come to fruition because Mary, who was actually there when the Gold Ranger saved her, (laughs) she knows that they're both lying. I did think it was hilarious that we did see the flashbacks. and (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that was fun. We saw the big Victor face like a Batman logo. I (laughs) thought that was pretty funny. I love that. I love that. Yeah, they even had like kind of the Batman like uh, like sound behind it. I yeah. Was- 
I feel like the humor in this one in general was not like on point all the time, but I like the humor in this one. I like the the monster too, with like all the meow meow stuff. Uh, it was just oh my god, I was, I lost it with right? that meow meow. Right? It wasn't stuff that was like needed or necessary, but it was just it was fun little additions that yeah, it was kind of funny for everybody. Why is the school used for every single event on the planet? (laughs) Why is this the meeting place for, like, the mayor and book signings? Because these aren't, like, little things, right? Like, we saw Ernie's Juice Bar used for karate tournaments and, I don't know, events that a school would normally host. This is, like, the mayor's back and, like, here's Levi Weston's press conference. so weird. I get it. This is the only set you can afford on your budget. I understand. Why can't they just do it outside, like in a park? Like they do outdoor press conferences. That makes more sense. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Well, the reason is like even Cataclock stalls the book signing. They have Kudabots attack the truck. And I love that the Rangers take care of that. They're like, oh, it's his truck. We got to get those books to the signing. And they tell the driver to go and he's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> it was just a bad extra. But he was like, oh, oh, yeah, that's a thing I should get to. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Apparently, these books were free. I don't get that at all. That what? was bizarre. Yeah, that's yeah. not how book signings or book readings work at all. <laughs> <laughs> I take it back, Derek. Stay in our universe. You'll make money. <laughs> <Right. Yeah. laughs> but yeah, I mean, the publisher was like, oh, yeah, you know, I've got this huge signing bonus deal but we're gonna give the books all away at this press conference it was so weird maybe they made a lot of money they by selling the movie rights to the book initially oh god (laughs) (laughs) that's it but yeah i thought the monster was uh highly entertaining and it it was a good plot you know infecting these books so if anyone touches them they would freeze And that was after Mary ran away, and then, oh no, she's on the train tracks in the most horribly CG'd train ever. That was so bad. It was horrible. (laughs) And I know Power Rangers VFX crew is way better than this. Yeah, the effects of the past few years have been legit good. I feel like production qualities on Power Rangers are miles above what it used to be. I don't understand why that, uh, like, of all the crazy, ridiculous, like, effects they've had to do, why is was that one the one that was that hard? It shouldn't have been. Right. <laughs> you could have, have even had, like, stock footage of an actual train. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you just do quick cuts and that's it. Yeah. We still get the point. It was odd. But I did like that Redbot actually got to save the day. I loved bringing back a character like Mary. It didn't feel forced or unnatural. And I like that she was the one actually there, so she called them out on their BS on stage. I thought that was well done. I just feel this episode takes place too late in the season. And I think it could have been a little bit more tightly focused on maybe the lesson that Redbot learns. Because in the end, he still becomes a hero. I thought it was hilarious that Cosmo is inspired to create his own blog. (laughs) And I love that Galvanax just flips out. I don't know why I find that so funny, <laughs> but I do. I love the title of it. You have it written right down here. Cosmo V Rangers, Dawn of Showbiz. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, and it totally spoofs Batman v Superman. And he even says in one of the lines in his blog entry notes the fine Altarian silks that he purchases his bedsheets from. And obviously that's a reference to Zordon's home planet of Eltar. <laughs> it was all right, I guess. My biggest sticking point is like everyone's unfrozen, but Victor and Monty. And they're just like, ha, we're going to keep him as a coat rack, even though that's pretty cruel and unusual. Yeah. Yep. Sometimes I think the Rangers are just real a-holes sometimes towards well, Victor and Monty. Back to the tradition of MMPR, where if you look at it the right way, Bulk and Skull are actually just sort of outcast kids that everyone makes fun of. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, an error, someone recorded Redbot saving Mary, which was on the news, but during the scene where Redbot saves her, the only one around besides them is Levi, and there's no indication that he recorded it. When Mary is first frozen and crossing the train track, she's on the first set of tracks, just starting to cross, but when Redbot rescues her, she's standing on the second set of tracks, and is nearly finished crossing. Uh Uh-oh. I thought that whole visual effect was bad. Yeah. (laughs) She was even, like, weirdly placed on the tracks. Like, you could tell they just inserted her into the scene. Mm -hmm. And not at a good scale. Yeah. I know Power Rangers visual effects can do better, so I'm hoping they do in the future. (laughs) And then, just one little actor's note. Chris Reed's, who plays Victor Vincent, his wife, Caitlin Reed, was in the episode as one of the members of the crowd attending... Redbots conference. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. That's fun because he's not a New Zealander, right? He's not from New Zealand, no. so she must have been been visiting or something, right? Am I, do I have that right? He's not one of the New Zealand actors. No, he's not. Okay. No, you're that's good. That's cool. <laughs> well, I just like questioned it because I was pretty sure that most of them aren't, but then I was like, well, but I know that some of them are. Maybe his accent's just really good. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, what did you think just watching this episode? Because you watched that literally right before we recorded. I don't know. I just, a lot of the stuff that you guys were talking about, like, was the stuff that stood out to me where I wasn't quite sure why this episode was happening when it was. And so that confused me when I started it. I thought maybe I was watching the wrong episode again. I was happy to see Redbot because I, I definitely get what you're saying, Derek, where it's like, it's one of those things where you don't see something for so long that even though it's weird that it's happening, you're like kind of excited to see it. Yeah. Um, and then I got really distracted by the bad CGI. Like, that was really, really, really <laughs> bothersome for me. This was, like, one of the episodes that it wasn't terrible, but it also, I don't know, it didn't capture me at all. It felt like a couple things were sort of messy in the way that some of the other ones are. Yeah. And coming off of such a tight episode before it, like, mm-hmm. that gets frustrating. Sure. At first, when he was first doing his blog, I was like, oh, God, is this going to be, like, one of those Rochamon-type episodes where... Because Levi did his version of events. I'm like... God, is half of this going to be a clip show? And I'm glad it wasn't, (laughs) because that would have made the episode even more worse. But I did think it was funny that Cody the dog was in this episode, and there's a cat monster, and naturally the cat's afraid of the dogs. Even when they went into Megazord mode, and you have Cody, the actual Zord, and the cat's like, ah, another dog! (laughs) It was perfect. I thought that part of it was hilarious. Yeah, I agree. I like this one because I like robots. I think that's really all it comes down to, and I just have to admit that. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> I only like robots. Hey, I thought the strongest Megaforce episode was when Tensu went around the city. Oh my gosh, that was such a good episode. That was definitely a fun one. Yeah, I enjoyed that one too. So go robots. Yeah. yeah. Everyone should have a robot in Power Rangers. Yeah. 
That's why Operation Overdrive is so good. So moving on to our final segment, our Ranger Nation answers question, where we asked our listeners, what are your thoughts on Power Rangers Ninja Steel episodes 15 through 17, or are you even watching? And I threw in that second part because I was frustrated when I first tweeted this. Like, the whole day, I was barely getting any responses. And so later that evening, I was like, is anyone even watching this show? Oh, my God. Bueller. Bueller. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Bueller. So Edward Sanchez on Twitter, at Edward is the man, he said... My favorite is episode 15 because Brody finally got his battleizer and we were introduced to a new Zord and Megazord and that is so epic. Hashtag Ranger Nation, hashtag Ninja Steel. I like that Brody brand integration there, Edward. (laughs) (laughs) Epic. Um, Marlin, at MarlinModa02, said, Episode 15, this was epic. Oh, same thing. Uh, Brody gets the lion fire armor, and we discover more about Mick. Uh, Episode 16, I like to see Haley and Calvin arguing, and I don't know why, but at the moment, I really like all Haley episode uh, focus. Uh, And then episode 17, meh. Only the fight was good in this episode. John Hendricks at JC Hendricks 320. Nope, couldn't care less. I'll stick to the Sentai and just buy the occasional Lexi Megazord when they actually make them. (laughs) 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 Kevin Rowland at Kevin M. Rowland 1. He said, it's hard for me to want to. I catch up when they hit Netflix, mainly because I've watched every other episode of Power Rangers ever. I'm all about some hashtag hyperforce, though, mainly because it's more about hearing what's going on, LOL. Yes, it's so good. <laughs> Stuart Acker at Stu the DJ says, My TV situation at the minute is complicated. Moved back with parents, no cable satellite access, but I love listening to RCPH get to the lowdown on why Power Rangers Ninja Steel is down low. <laughs> Your views and reactions are probably 100 times more entertaining than the actual episodes anyway. Crying laughing emoji. <laughs> uh, Chris at Toku Chris you know those bad fanfics you never read because you can tell that they were written by someone with limited creative talent I'm glad they found a job <laughs> harsh um, <laughs> brave Zio 93 at Zio Red 93 said when the three rangers got kidnapped they looked more like wild west rangers uh, episodes were alright otherwise I just wish there was a bit more umph in the plots don't we all? Yeah. Uh, Sentai 5 Ultra Instinct at Sentai 5 said, seen them just to watch. Nothing this season has really grabbed my full attention, unfortunately. It sucks because there's a lot of potential the show has, but fails. Hopefully things improve for Super Ninja Steel. Doubtful due to the curse of the Super Seasons, except Samurai. Yeah, Samurai Super Season was better by far. <laughs> Foo's not at PaxU, that's at Foo Mix-A-Lot, says, I've seen clips of the show, but I think I'm going to wait until all the episodes are on Netflix. I'd rather binge through them all at once than wait a week in between. I'm just not invested enough. Ryan Cox at Ryan Cox 20 said, skip, skip, and skip. I'm sorry, but Ninja Steel is not for me. I really tried to give it another go. Chen Nguyen at Minimoon13002 said, Episode 15 was great. We got some background story of Mick. The president election episode was hilarious, and Redbot's blog was a highlight of the series. Angelo Colby at Super Ranger says, It was cool to see Brody get his battleizer, and there was some good backstory for Mick. Haley and Calvin are great, and Brody's PR ringtone was cool. 
The Redbot episode has to be the worst so far, though, but hashtag Power Rangers, hashtag Ninja Steel has been pretty average for me. Hashtag Ranger Nation. <laughs> well, hashtags. <laughs> Matt Hunt at The Real Matt Hunt said, I'm watching, but mostly out of obligation, lol. I've been watching the show for 25 years. Would be weird to just stop. As for my thoughts on the episode, Royal Rumble was better than Royal Rival, but ultimately just kind of there. I really like Monkey Business, solid and fun nods to MMPR. Adventures of Redbot, also kind of just there. It also made no sense, LOL. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Mike at M. Lundsted said, I listen to them, but it's hard to follow since we only do Netflix. Plus the fact that Nick doesn't stream in Canada, I either have to wait or, if I'm desperate, watch episodes that Power Rangers Now has ripped and put on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Pippa at JK Pippa says the worst lazy town episodes ever. (laughs) (laughs) Ranger weekend review at Ranger WI review said, if we could get actual buildup for finale, that would be great. So when I first saw this, this next comment, I was like, oh man, I'm totally going to end up having to read this because I thought it was going to be something (laughs) else, but I I actually really like comment. So Long's Toys at C-Long 83 said, I really want Victor and Monty to get turned into monsters by Odious in the finale this week and have the Rangers need to battle them while trying to find a cure all during Super Ninja Steel. That could be some cool character building slash redemption for those characters, meaning Victor and Monty. So working them into the story in some way that actually makes Mm -hmm. both us and the Rangers care about them. (laughs) Well, talk about a throwback, because that basically turns their bulk and skull analogy full circle. Yeah. I mean, having them be monkeys or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good idea, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And from Instagram, NandoBlueZero says, I gave up on this season. I'm waiting for next year to see what they're going to do with the Q-Ranger footage next season. I'll stick to the Garo anime and other products they have coming out for the next year. At Common Sentai Bat X5 said, I stopped watching altogether and will wait for it to appear on Netflix. Mainly two reasons. One, the Nick app, which I was using, is the poopiest, I censored myself, (laughs) streaming app I've ever used. Two, the show hasn't been enticing enough for me to even bother to find an alternative way to watch it. Nick sucks. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's <laughs> terrible. <bad. laughs> terrible. <laughs> and Damien Delta 5 said, I'll wait and see what happens with 2019 while watching and recording episodes of Super Ninja Steel and Pato Ranger slash Lupin Ranger. Derek, if people wanted to find you on the interwebs... How would they do that? On Twitter, I'm my name. I'm at Derek B. Gale. That's really probably the best way to find me. And then you can find all my other social media and website stuff from there. Nice. It's been a blast having you on. Thanks. Yeah, it's been fun. This has totally been a blast. Totally invite me back because I'll try to keep up with Ninja Steel. Not okay. all like not all the night before. <laughs> <laughs> the finale is this Saturday and we oh, only right. have... So- and we only have three more episodes to review in another episode, so I think we can do it again. <laughs> awesome. Woo! <laughs> this has been really good conversation, and I really like hearing other people's perspectives, and I actually start appreciating the episodes more when I'm talking about them with people. Yeah, same. It's totally yeah. same. So now I have like new perspectives on Redbot, so maybe I should give that a second chance. 
<laughs> so, Ranger Nation, let us know what you think. If you have questions, you can email us at rangercommandpowerhour at gmail.com or check us out at rangercommand.com. We're on Twitter at rangercommandph and on Instagram and Facebook at rangercommandpowerhour, all one word. And again, you can always ask us a question at ask.fm slash rangercommandph or reach out on Twitter because... That 280 character limit. <laughs> it may not be good for all things, but it's good for that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Until next time, we have a couple more episodes this month, which will be really fun. Look out for that. I hope everyone has a great Thanksgiving, which is coming up. It's a great time to think about what you're thankful for and get ready for the new year. So lots coming up in the 25th anniversary year of Power Rangers. And I'm pretty excited about it. I'm excited to talk about all the surprises and crazy stuff that happens in this fandom because <laughs> this whole Zeo gold thing literally just happened today. And I'm so glad it happened today because <laughs> we could talk about it and discuss it. Bandai, just step up your game. That's all I can say. Yeah, that was good timing. This yeah. is the second two-hour episode of a podcast I've recorded this week. <laughs> wow. It's been a very convenient week for podcasting. <laughs> it is. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we were able to work out the timing. So, until next time, Ranger Nation, our listeners, thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Woo-hoo. You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour, only on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphing Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at rangercommandph and like us on facebook.com slash rangercommandpowerhour. This is Trucky B47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour and you're listening to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. Ranger Command is now on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks. By pledging, you are helping us make our show even better. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more. Thanks 